This episode of Manage Smarter is presented by Sales Fuel Coach, our adaptive sales coaching featuring five-minute quick coaching personalized to each sales rep. Learn more about Sales Fuel Coach at salesfuel.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. You know, Lee, uh, more and more people are trying to adjust to working remotely in COVID-19, and we've got a guest today who is an expert in this. And that's great because there's a lot of people trying to navigate those waters, uh, especially from, from management and leadership. You know, it's uh, something that a lot of people, the, uh, you know, your frontline workers and like that have been wanting to do and, and, and relish the opportunity of proving to you that they can do it without losing productivity. But you as managers also have to adapt and manage a little bit differently and also at the same point in time, check in to make sure that, uh, you know, they're still engaged and, and uh, you know, their, their mind's still in the right place. And I think that we, we've got uh, someone here who can talk to that very well today. Absolutely. You're going to love them. Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. I'm Audrey Strong, Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel. And I'm Celie Smith. I am the President and CEO of SalesFuel. All right. So remote worker, workplace heavy hitter, we've got him. It's Shane Metcalf, one of the world's leading pioneers in the space of cultural engineering and positive psychology. Everybody can use that. And an expert in remote workplaces and remote workflow management. He is your solution guy. If you're not used to this setup that we're all in right now. Um, Shane has been featured in um, Inc., uh, Fast Company, Business Insider, The Washington Post, TechCrunch, Bloomberg. Also the co-host of a podcast called The Best Self-Management podcast and the co-founder of 15.5, an eight-figure tech company. Shane, welcome to the show. We appreciate your expertise today. Audrey and Celie, thank you so much for having me. Really excited to, to dive into a really juicy topic and it is, of course, very relevant to all of us right now. Okay, so what's for managers that are not used to this, uh, let's say they're novices at it, what's the number one tip you've got? Let's start there. Two words, trust and accountability. There you go. And, mm-hmm. and it really comes down to trust and accountability because if you can't, if you don't, if you have a bunch of trust, but you don't have accountability, you're kind of blind. And if you only have accountability with no trust, then you're, you're micromanaging and you're living in a culture of fear and paranoia. And so you as a manager need to do everything possible to increase the amount of trust and also create clear accountability. And we can go into why that's important, but it's, it's really critical, especially when you're working remotely, when you don't actually have that face time with people to actually grant them the autonomy to do their job as they see fit, especially in a pandemic. Well, you mentioned we're not just working from home. We're working from home in the middle of a crisis. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned clear accountability. Clarity, I think, is very important at all times, but especially then when the two parties are not in the same physical space. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, you know, it's like I'm hearing these stories of companies that are installing spyware on their employees' computers because, okay, well, everyone needs to work from home, but I don't trust them. So I'm going to take a screenshot of your screen every 10 minutes with the software. And then I, every day I watch it. I watch the the snapshot of what you were doing on your computer. Well, you're in for a surprise. You were, (laughs) yeah, it's, 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 it's insane. And what that is, is communicating is it's saying, we want you to game the system. We don't actually care what the outputs are. We just care that you look like you're working. 
And so it completely throws out the window any kind of working, uh, working by objectives, actually creating clear objectives for each person on your team and your team as a whole, and then saying, you know, I don't care if you work uh, five hours in the day and three hours at night or whatever, because, you know, if your kids are home and you can't actually do it, you know, you're, it's actually going against the grain and saying, look, we're clear what we need to accomplish as a team. We have certain check-in processes in place to create clarity and accountability and you do your work as you can, as you best see fit. And sometimes we need to coach people and support them if they get into a rut, but it starts with trust. I have this theory called the magic metric, which is the, there's always one metric that is more important than all the others. It's magic if it unlocks performance, but sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's just the, what, what comes across as the most important metric. So, you know, if there's a time clock and you have to punch in and punch out the most important metric then to the employee is like, I got to make sure I'm at work on time. and I don't leave early. Or it's like, I got to make sure that every 10 minutes or whatever, I'm not on you know, doing shopping on Amazon or, or whatever, instead of, you know, the actual metrics that, that really count about number of calls I need to make or number of what it forms need processed or whatever their job really should be. And I, and I, so I'm right there with you. I think that what happens is that you're, you're saying a tone and saying, this is the most important thing. And it's nowhere close to being the most important thing. No, it, because what it does is you just, all you're doing is you're creating a culture of CYA, mm-hmm. cover yeah. your ass. And that is a, you know, covering your ass is a full-time job. And that will take all <laughs> Hey, what those- are you saying there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. It's, and so what's, what's amazing and what we've seen in our results and with a lot of our customers is when you actually fire people from that job, when you say you no longer have to cover your ass, you no longer have to pretend you're working or try to uh, game the system because we don't trust you. And so therefore you have to be in opposition to us. But if you just fire people from that job and you let people actually do their real job, which is producing outcomes and doing the best work of their life and doing high level collaboration, that's when true performance gets unlocked. And that's where uh, human creativity thrives. You know, when we're scared, when we're in this kind of defensive posturing, when we're, you know, and I love the idea that of what you just said, that like every nine minutes and 30 seconds, you go over to your, you know, you kind of say you figure out when they're actually taking a <laughs> snapshot oh, and man. you have that spreadsheet open. And so whoop, the timer went off nine minutes, go over for one minute. Okay. Now I can go back to YouTube and Amazon and Facebook. Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, because that's what's going to happen. So what is the, what, what is your preferred uh, latest methods for checking in? I mean, beyond just checking in and whiteboards and lists, which is kind of what I'm doing with one of our folks here at Salesfield that I work closely with. But is there a better way? I mean, is it Google Docs where you can both be in there together or should you do more frequent Zoom yeah, sure. Like well, this. I mean, you know, like it's it's a it's a bit of a shameless plug for our own product, but it happens to GT be you true. Up you take you it, know. take it. <laughs> you know, um, you know. I mean, I mean, look, we built fifteen five. You know, we launched the company eight years ago, and I think we were actually a little ahead of our time because mm-hmm. our whole concept was continuous feedback, continuous performance management, where you're doing weekly asynchronous check-ins. 
And, you know, so, so the way that our, our whole system works is based around the weekly check-in and we do OKRs and performance reviews and a bunch of other stuff, but it's, it's the heart of it is the check-in. And so, and you can, and again, you can do this in Google docs, you can do this in email, but make it asynchronous and have it be question driven. And so we usually ask about five questions in our check-in and you can customize this to, to the cows come home, but you know, we usually ask like, how are you feeling at work this week? Because how people are feeling is a really important thing. Like, hello, newsflash, human beings are full, complex, dynamic systems and our emotions and our feelings influence our productivity and our output. They're connected. We can't just separate our, our feelings from our productivity. Um, so it's important to know how your people are feeling. And you know, it's interesting, we can graph all of this and we can see when COVID hit and the, the, the dip and in, in morale and feeling. Um, and so there's all kinds of interesting stuff to do with the data, but then, you know, ask what's going well? You know, what are you, what, what are you celebrating this week? Mm-hmm. And then what are you struggling with? Where are you stuck? Or what do you need help with? Who did amazing work? Like give some peer recognition, celebrate your peers. And then you can ask a bunch of other, uh, other questions. You can also check in on your OKRs. And so the idea is it's a lightweight, weekly asynchronous check-in that gives your managers insights into what you're working on and how, on the progress you're making. That's the accountability side, right, of trust and accountability. It's, you do need to know that, hey, I'm making progress on these things, and this is the status. This is what, you know, these are some of my ideas about how we could make, improve my role. And you, you then leverage that check-in for a powerful one-on-one. And that should only take about 15 minutes for, for yeah, them to fill yeah, out. Exactly. I'm, I'm guessing know, that from the name of the company, right? Yeah, you know, 15 minutes to write, five minutes to review. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, we, uh, maybe I write mine in 10 minutes or maybe I do a really in-depth one and it takes 25. But it's kind of 7-Eleven. You know, we've thought of like, oh, well, uh, how, how married do we want to be to 15 minutes to write this thing? Um, but you know, I think the name goes the way of Seven yeah. Eleven. Um, so, but you know, but it, but the why this is important and why why we really encourage people to do check-ins, regardless of whether you're working remotely or you're in the same office or you're using our product or one of the other products out there. It's that it establishes a reliable feedback channel where you know you can actually go and you can tell the truth. And there's, a, there's also a factor of not ha- being in person that increases the amount of truth that's being told. Because ultimately, that's what we're really up to is like, hey, how can we get people to communicate better? How can we ask better questions so that we can have better conversations? And that is going to produce better results. Is there anything you can do in this environment where we're all separated and nobody theoretically is going anywhere, you, you say to grow, uh, to create a new processes and rituals is kind of what you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so is that, you know, drop shipping a little gift to your r- reports through Amazon or what are some of the other creative ways that you can create a higher level of engagement and trust? Yeah, sure. So, you know, and, and what I love is that there's nearly infinite creative ways you can kind of engage your people. So if, a few that we really love are start are what we call on ramps to meetings and and, and the idea here with all of the things that I'll share right now is that you want to create that space for the more human side of connection. Because when you're working, 
digitally, it's really easy to just become transactional in our, in our interactions and just focus on work. And we kind of are these two dimensional pixels on our screen. And so what you want to do is you want to bring some of that human connection back into the engagements. And so, you know, start meetings off with a one word check-in or a question, you know, of uh, mm -hmm. like, how are you feeling? Uh, or like, what's, what's the three word weather report? Is a really easy one that gives you an insight into the interior reality of your people. And when we feel seen, when we actually can say, I'm tired or I'm really struggling, my kids are, are feral today and destroying my house, <laughs> you know, it, it gives a moment of that shared connection and that human empathy. And I think that COVID is actually accelerating the agenda of empathy in the world in totally. a pretty big way mm -hmm. because all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, I get it. My kids are insane too, or, or I don't even have kids. That sounds horrible. Um, you know, and so there is that, but you need to create space for those moments of, of humanity. And so that's a really easy one. Start your meetings with, with a quick check-in. You can end your meetings with a quick round of gratitudes, just of like, you know, hey, just one thing you appreciated about somebody in the meeting today. And, and that's always uh, has incredible results. Um, we do a... a a thing called Question Friday, which is really fun. And what, what that is, is every Friday, the company, it's, it's optional, but a lot of the people that from the company jump on a 30-minute Zoom call. There's a question leader for the month, and that person asks a non-business-related question. And they're you know, probably not too dissimilar to the question that I suspect, Audrey, you're going to ask me at the end of this podcast. And and so you ask that question and everybody goes into, we put people into Zoom breakout rooms. We used to do this all as a whole company before we, we exceeded about 50 people. And so now we just do breakout rooms with about 10 to 20 people. And we all go around and we answer the question and change the question and you change the results. But there's been some unbelievable moments of vulnerability, courage, storytelling, hilarity, and just just plain good old fun. Is it like an icebreaker process. question? Give yeah, us sure. an example you, of a question. Yeah, so, uh, okay, so uh, a fun one recently was describe your room when you were 15 years old. Oh, <laughs> Christy McNichol poster next Sean to the Sean Cassidy. Poster. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and, you know, you guys have been doing this podcast together how long? Three years. Three years. I mean, that's a lot of time. And you probably never had insight into the Christy McNichols poster. Uh, you know. was, I'm gonna I'm gonna regret that one. I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> um, and so what it does is it it's the, like that process is oh, designed boy. to continually get to know each other. Mm -hmm. I love it. And and it's or or like uh, this the one last Friday was really fun, which was if you were if you were like asked to give a 30 minute presentation on any topic what would you give a top what would you present on that oh. wasn't work related oh, that wasn't work and so what's so cool is all of a sudden people are sharing all these stories and you know of, of what they're really passionate about because the whole thing the thing with with remote work and the then everybody working separately as you want the digital office to be community you want to build community mm -hmm. that's the future of work is building community instead of this dynamic where employer employee are uh, are, are inherently at odds they're the natural 
you know, villain and, and hero and what it, the employee wants is inherently at odds with what the company wants. And for the first time, I think that what's happening is that business is realizing that if I actually support the human being in discovering their own intrinsic motivations in life and mm -hmm. moving towards their best self, that is going to benefit me as a company. And yeah, sure, some people might realize, what the hell am I doing in so enterprise software? Get me out of here. You know, if they start to actually go down that path of inquiry and be really honest with themselves about what do they really want out of life. But the people that stay are going to be so passionate, so mm -hmm. loyal, so high performing, and using their gifts, using their genius, that it's well worth it. So two things you said there I want, I want to drill down on a bit. Um, so one is about the community, uh, about how work is about to become a community. And it's like, I feel like work has always been a community because it's been, a, but previously it's been in an office. And now we don't have the office, so we have to replicate that community and hopefully only the good parts, not the bad parts, but that's not possible because, mm -hmm. you know, people. But it's like, I kind of feel like we've already had that. And now we just need to make sure we, you know, still have it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I think that for, for some people, that is true. And I think that some cultures, if done right, that community is kind of a natural byproduct that emerges. You know, I mean, we're, we're human beings. We're these social creatures. We're, we're, we're designed to build community wherever we are. And if there is a culture of fear and distrust and paranoia and there isn't psychological safety, that is not going to be a pleasant community. You know, the, you know, heart, heart attacks go up Sunday, Sunday night and Monday morning, you know, mm -hmm. that the level of engagement, you know, what it's, you know, Gallup says that 30% of the workforce is highly engaged, 70% to some degree disengaged. And that is, I think we can do a lot better. I think that we can build cultures that are, that have elements of this kind of cultural engineering, which is ultimately, again, communication, clarity, trust, accountability, all these things that are intentionally woven in to the fabric because they actually increase engagement and performance. And I think the other thing I, I want to drill down on is that, you know, a sense of community where, uh, you know, management and employees are, aren't at odds with each other. But I have to I have to question that a little bit, because if you have an employee, for example, that doesn't feel like that they want to adhere to company policies or they don't want to make those 10 sales calls a day or, you know, they don't want to work eight hours a day or something like that. And, or they want to come and go as they please without telling their manager or whatever. You know, you're, that goes back to the accountability part again. So to have accountability, you're always going to have a little bit of at odds, though, between between some employees who are not your best employees. And, and then, of course, then you have some managers who are not your best managers either. And I think both of yes. those things are, can cause that conflict. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, of course, never going to be this thing where, oh, well, we, we don't need any, any structure, right? Like humans, we need structure, yep. you know? Um, however, if you are relying purely on extrinsic motivation, you know, I, I don't know if you guys have read Prime to Perform. Um, I forget the author's names, but a really interesting book that's taking the research that was done on intrinsic motivation and applying it to the business world. 
and you know, in a similar vein to Dan Pink's Drive. And they make really great case about that extrinsic motivation is really good for things like technical performance. So it's like, I'm gonna, um, you're gonna be fired if you don't do your job or you're gonna get a bonus if you do your job. And that's really good at motivating people to produce more widgets per hour or to make you know, 50 phone calls um, to, on your day, but that don't really require any creativity. Yeah, um, I'm more interested in intrinsic motivation. And, and intrinsic motivation is really good at adaptive performance. And adaptive performance is actual problem solving is, okay, well, I made 50 phone calls a day, but nobody's picking up and it's not producing any results. And so therefore I need to actually adapt how I'm doing it and come up with other creative ways. And okay, well, I'm gonna send some, uh, you know, video, video, I'm gonna send some videos and test that out. But if you only have extrinsic motivation, people are gonna say, whatever, I did my job, I did my 50 phone calls. It's, and, a magic, it's, a, it's that most important metric thing again. Absolutely, absolutely, the magic metric. And, and so optimizing for intrinsic motivation, which is actually saying, well, why do you why, why do you want to work here? You know, what's your purpose for this job? Like, how is this actually moving your life forward? You know, what's the vision for your career? And what is the actual quality of life that you want? What's your what are your financial goals? Do you feel like you have a calling? Do you know what your strengths are? You know, do you know what your your top strengths are from either Gallup or Via? And how can you apply those strengths here? How can we help you have the best professional experience of your life so that you can get any job you want after this? When you start asking those kinds of questions, you start tapping into intrinsic motivation. And intrinsic motivation is going to beat the pants off of extrinsic motivation mm -hmm. any day. Totally. Well, this has been more than 20 minutes of great just ideas and thoughts and solutions and things that hopefully everybody can implement. And um, if you want to engage with Shane, it's Shane underscore Metcalf uh, for your Twitter uh, and 15.5. But it's interesting the way you guys spell this. It's 1.5 and then spelled out 5.com is the website. Shane, all great ideas. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes, that was great. My, my pleasure. Uh, really, really great to connect and and chat about all this. I think it's such a rich topic, such a relevant time for us to be actually, you know, taking advantage of this crisis to improve our business cultures. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.